Sometimes you just get tired of drinking water and more water, right? Surely after weight loss surgery, there are other beverages that are bariatric friendly. Well, you bet there are. Let's talk about some of our favorite beverages and why they work well to hydrate you. Stay right where you are. Now available, try ProCare Health's three newest products at an amazing price. Get a bag of whey protein powder, a bag of our new multi-flavored mocktail calcium chews, and our new soft chew multivitamin, all for less than $75. Visit ProCareNow.com and enter Susan 10 to save even more. Hi, I'm registered dietitian nutritionist, Dr. Susan Mitchell, ex-radio dietitian turned podcaster. You're listening to the Bariatric Surgery Success Podcast, episode number 109. Today, let's cut through all the health hype. Let's get to the accurate nutrition information you want. Simple strategies that work. I want you to feel well. Get out there and do the things you want to do. You're in the right place, and I'm so happy you're listening. I'd like to give a shout out to Amanda, who said, I really love your podcast. They are a godsend. Well, thank you for saying so, Amanda. I'm happy to hear they provide you with information you need on your journey. Well, joining me are your go-to bariatric dietitians, Isabel and Gail. Isabel Maples is a registered dietitian and bariatric coordinator with Fakir Health in Warrington, Virginia. Gail Smith is the bariatric dietitian at the Weight Loss and Bariatric Surgery Institute in Orlando, Florida. You can find both Isabel's and Gail's contact information in the show notes. Hello, Isabel. Hello, Gail. Hey. So glad you guys are here. You know, staying hydrated just ranks right up there with taking the right vitamin and mineral supplements after surgery. Water, water, and more water is constantly pushed. But there are other bariatric-friendly drinks that are on the market that work well, too. Before we get into those specific beverages that are bariatric-friendly, first, let's clear up the confusion about coffee and tea, since people wrongly think that they dehydrate you. Isabel, the Institute of Medicine, or what's called the IOM, updated this data, what, probably 10 years ago now? Give us the correct information, plus a reminder about when to add caffeine back to the diet after your surgery. Well, Susan, I looked up this report. It was actually in 2004, almost 20 years ago. Oh, jeez. <laughs> Time flies. Yeah. And though they they did say that some studies show that caffeine can be a diuretic, it seems to be a real temporary thing, especially if somebody is used to that caffeine load. But they clearly noted that caffeine-containing beverages, including coffee and tea, can add to one's total fluid intake for the day. So no doubt about that, even things that have caffeine can be included. However, right after surgery, I really want to help my patients avoid digestive discomfort. They love that. But so I do tell them no caffeine for the first month after surgery because caffeine can be a stomach irritant. I'm trying to look to avoid acid reflux, you know, from the stomach irritation or maybe a quick trip to the bathroom. But also, technically, the tannins in tea could bind with iron and make iron less available for healing right after surgery. So that's another reason. Um, if they're having trouble with that caffeine, which actually most of them don't, they are, you know, they w- they're willing to wait that that month. But 
if they're having a lot of problems with ca- constipation, I might say, you're a, ca- a caffeine coffee drinker. Hey, have a cup of coffee and see what it does. If it helps you run to the bathroom, maybe that's a good thing right now. You know, Gail, surgical centers vary. And when they suggest that caffeine be added back to the diet, does your center vary from Isabel's recommendation? And if so, what do you suggest and why? Well, Susan, uh, we used to recommend only three days uh, without the caffeine. And by day four, when they moved to phase two full liquid, they could have two or three cups, of course, six to eight ounces only, um, starting then. But now our surgeons have pushed that back. Why? Because they have have seen more dehydration. I think some patients are just having difficulty getting enough fluid in. And we're seeing them having to be readmitted to our hydration station to receive fluids, electrolytes, and maybe even a banana bag, which is some vitamins to help with their nausea or their dehydration. So now we say no caffeine until they hit phase three, which is about two and a half weeks in. And then if they are having difficulty uh, getting fluids in, we say continue to watch and, and not have the caffeine for another couple days to a week. And I think that's really smart because it, it may or may not be related to the caffeine, but if you're having people get dehydrated or maybe get dizzy or fall, uh, you know, isn't dehydration, it's... Um, Actually, it's hard to drink enough fluids, and dehydration is pretty common after surgery, I think. So remind us of the signs and symptoms of dehydration and when you need to alert your dietitian or your healthcare provider. That's a great question, and, and this should be emphasized that the best way to tell if you're dehydrated is by the color of your urine. If it's a dark yellow, then you need to increase your fluids. But dehydration can also cause lightheadedness, dizziness, nausea, headaches, mental confusion. So yes, we do tell them if they're having that and if drinking more fluid or low-calorie fluids with electrolytes, if they can't get that in, then they need to call us and we'll bring them on in or they need to get to their nearest emergency room so they can be assessed. And we also tell them if they have two or more of those signs, then, you know, give us a holler to yeah. tell us that you're having a problem with it. And and it can be as easy as maybe a, a quick IV or just a reminder of like some tips. Um, but we don't want them to have to worry in the middle of the night. Do I need to go to the emergency room? Yeah, agreed. Definitely. Well, Isabel, let's turn to beverages. What are some of your favorite bariatric friendly beverages on the market? Well, I'm looking for most of my, the fluids my patients drink to be low or no calorie. Now they can also have some protein containing ones, but let me focus on the ones that are low and no calorie. And some of them are basic like water or a bottled water or flavored water. It could be something like electrolyte beverages, the sports drinks like Gatorade Zero, Powerade Zero, the the sugar-free versions of those types of things. It could also be something like a sweet type drink like a diet lemonade or crystal light or um, even sugar-free Kool-Aid. Somebody told me the other day that she's drinking and it could be something savory like tomato juice or broth. So those are the basics. And then there are lots of different products on the market that might fit their needs um, as well. 
Okay, Gail, what are your faves? <laughs> <laughs> Many of those same ones, and the patients tell me too. But some of them after surgery have this sensitivity to artificial sweeteners. So there's a new one, fairly new in the last year or two, called Protein 2.0. And it actually has no artificial sweeteners at all in it. And it's sort of like a Powerade Gatorade with the electrolytes. And it has any, either uh, anywhere from 15 grams of whey-based uh, protein isolate or up to 20 in the powdered version. Lots of different flavors. The little bit of sweetener is going to be a stevia extract leaf. So patients tell me they like those, especially after surgery. But I also tell them about the bone broths and also a company called Unjury does make a chicken broth with 20 grams of protein per scoop. And this spring, they came out with a beef broth and a vegan broth, vegetable broth. And they, have and they also have a Santa Fe chicken chili yeah. broth, broth as well. Yeah. <laughs> San, wait a minute. Santa Fe chicken chili broth. <laughs> I, it's a protein, protein drink. It's a liquid. <laughs> okay. Yep. Just checking. <laughs> and it's not spicy. So that's good. Okay. Right, Isabel? <laughs> yeah. They love it. Yeah. For, for, especially for somebody who sweet things taste too sweet. Exactly. And by the way, my patients also love the, um, the protein 2-0. Yes, they like it. Okay, question. So let's just say, though, that some of your patients are dehydrated and you're trying to keep them out of the ER for um, some electrolytes. So explain just briefly electrolytes that you guys look for. Uh, what do you want in a drink if they need one? I'm thinking, you know, comes to my mind like Pedialyte or Pedialyte with zinc. What do you turn to for that? And explain just a little bit about what the electrolytes mean. Well, electrolytes are just normal essential minerals that are in our body, human body fluids that keep everything in check, the cells, the tissues, all of that. And when you get a little low on the electrolytes because you're sweating or you're dehydrated or you're vomiting or you have diarrhea, then you feel bad. So we're looking for solutions that have mild amounts, small amounts of sodium, potassium, phosphate, magnesium. And those are like in your electrolyte, Powerade, Gatorade, things like that. But of course, we're looking at the lower sugar ones. Well, you know, one of my favorite beverages, this is once you're a little farther down the track and you're where you can take in more calories, but one of mine is milk. You know, I think about yeah. how um, quickly water empties from the stomach and then absorbs into the bloodstream. And sometimes we are just peeing it out as fast as we take it in. But that protein and sodium and that little bit of fat, depending on the type of milk that you drink, and even that natural lactose sugar content, when they coat the stomach, it allows that water to be absorbed at a, a what, a little slower rate, right? Slowing down the gastric emptying. So they stay hydrated just a tiny bit longer and they're not urinating so quickly everything they take in. So I'm kind of a big milk drinker when we get back to that point. Are you guys? Definitely. Yeah. And the Fairlife milk is lactose-free, real cow's milk. So that and has higher protein in it yep. too. If they that have is, lactose. That's, that's my favorite go-to, I have to yeah. tell you, my favorite go-to milk. Okay, for our last question, lots of great beverage suggestions. So if you're wanting to track or remind yourself to drink and track how much you drink, what ways or what apps, what do you tell your folks to do? Isabel, let's start with you. There are, well, you can get to the basics. Like, for instance, you can set your phone to remind you 
every 15 minutes, if it's right after surgery, or if maybe you're back in the work environment and you just find that you'll go hours doing a project and you need to set it for every couple of hours. But the idea is to remind yourself to drink on a regular basis. So whether it's 15 minutes or one hour, you decide. But you can also get an app for your phone that will do that for you as well. And I have one patient that that's Alexa. Hey, remind me to drink. <laughs> that's fun. That's, that's great. Okay, Gail, what about you? Do you have a favorite app? Well, I do. I like the Berry-tastic app. It's free. It, it has abilities for you to give yourself reminders to drink, reminders to eat. And it even has a recipe tab that has excellent recipes for the different phases of the diet progression. A lot of patients like that app. And My patients love Berry-tastic as well. And another right. one is a water tracker. There's all kinds of water trackers, and some of the patients will tell you which ones they like that remind them to drink. There, I ask the patient to think, all right, what do you want this app to do? Do you want this app to remind you or to track for you? Because some of them do a better job with others and than others. So there's there are so many. Just Google that, whether you've got an Android or iPhone. There are so many choices out there. Water logged, daily water reminder, just so many. And some of them do a better job of just giving you that simple reminder. Yeah, agreed. Okay, as we wrap up, you always know, I, I like to come back to you and say, what did we leave out? What is uh, the last helpful tip you want to leave us with today? So, Gail, what's on your mind? Well, I always tell the patients to never leave home without their favorite low-sugar, non-carbonated beverage that they like to sip on all through the day. So always have something with you in your favorite ice-cold container, if that's what you like, or a hot insulated for hot drinks. And just keep drinking and sipping all day long in between your meals. Okay. Good. I also say just keep sipping, but <laughs> I also tell people don't try to be perfect. Some people say, oh, I'm just going to have water. Well, maybe water <laughs> tastes a little funny. Sometimes it does after yeah. surgery, or maybe it's just not appealing to you enough. So whether you infuse it with some cucumbers or throw a little lemon juice in it or buy a product that's on the market, don't feel like it has to just be water. The the broths, the other kind of beverages, the milk, all those things can help meet your fluid needs. And I love that. And I love what you said I, I want to end with, which is so important, is you don't have to be perfect. This isn't about perfection. It's a journey. It's one step at a time. And remember, you're worth it. Thank you, Gail. Thank you, Isabel. You always have great expertise. Thanks, Susan. Always a joy. And just remember, if you want to get the newsletter every week so you know what's going on, you can grab that, sign up for it on the homepage of my website, breakingdownnutrition.com. Talk to you next week. Bariatric Surgery Success with Dietitian Dr. Susan Mitchell is produced and owned by Practicalories, LLC. All rights reserved. Remember, the content provided on this podcast is for information purposes only and doesn't create a patient-provider relationship. It's intended to provide reference material and is not designed to provide medical advice. Please consult your healthcare provider regarding any medical issues you have relating to symptoms, conditions, diseases, diagnosis, treatments, and side effects. 
Podcast guests express their own opinions, experience, and conclusions, which do not necessarily reflect or agree with the host, Dr. Susan Mitchell, or Practicalories, LLC.